got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move. You're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. Are you make love to the right woman, Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw what's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know, like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy it when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your host, Leonard and Nick. Leonard, how you doing? Good, good. Nick, how are you doing? No, that's good. That was not awkward at all. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Nick. Hi, Leonard. How are you? I love this. I love this. We're having a lot of fun doing these. Um, and, um, you know, it's uh, something, you know, the weather's terrible and it's just nice to see some friendly faces, even if it is over Zoom. Over, but, over a computer in my basement. Uh, what have you been doing? Like, what, I mean, have you I, been staying active? I've been, I've been, uh, I've actually tried to lose the weight that I've gained over the last uh, 10 years. <laughs> so, so it's hard. <laughs> I, I looked at, so I have this app called Lose It. So it actually, I have been keeping track of my, my weight off and on for like the last 10 years apparently and so i you look at the you see this graph and there's this huge drop in like 2010 where wow. like i like trained for i think it was 2010 where i like trained for like the tough mutter of yeah. like like sunday river and i was just like i was down to like i don't know like 203 pounds something like that which is good for me uh, mm-hmm. So I'm still a big guy, but like I, I got some bulk to me. But like two, I mean, I when I when I was a real athlete, when I was in like high school and I wrestled, I yeah. wrestled at 183. So wow. like me out of me, a little bit, you know, a little bit chub on me was like is like 200, and so I was down to 200 or something like that, you know, low 200s, 203 something like that in 2010. And then there's this this like sort of like uh, what's the um, Price is Right. Uh, game where the the, <laughs> the, 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 the yodeler, yeah, the, he's going up the mountainside. Right. Um, uh, right. uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of that. <laughs> we'll, add, we'll edit that in later. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> and it's like it's me going up this mountain <laughs> to like uh, to my peak, uh, which had a little some jaggeds, but like I hit a peak, 
in November and my peak, you know, spoiler alert. I'm a, I'm a little bit of ashamed to say it was like 290 pounds. Yeah. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, I, I don't, I don't want to hit 300 pounds. I don't, I don't want to be able to say I'm 300 pounds uh, because I, cause then I can no longer, because I, I could already not sort of, I kept whining to myself like, Oh yeah, I'm an athletic guy. No, I'm not. I'm not an athletic guy at 290 pounds. <laughs> when I was no. like 240, when I was 240, 230, I could still say, yeah, I'm a, you know, fairly athletic guy. I can, you know, play volleyball for a while and, yeah. you know, tear an Achilles tendon here and there. But I'm still like relatively uh, athletic. Uh, what What's your height? <laughs> <laughs> Seven foot what? No. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I'm five foot eight. So for those of you, for your BMI experts in, listening in, <laughs> so 290 pounds, five foot eight. Apparently that's on some, some, I don't know, some obesity chart. I don't know. Uh, so, so a quick story back in quick story back in, uh, in my MIT days, I was doing a, uh, a dietary study and I was there and I, and I think I, I asked the, the guy was like, he took down my weight and my height and he said, uh, Oh, you're, you're very obese. And I was like, Mm-mm. uh, and well, like, English wasn't his first language. So I was just like, uh, do you mean like overweight? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're very obese. I mean, <laughs> but, very obese. <laughs> isn't obese, isn't obese like that's huge? Yeah. And then when you say very, very something, obese. it's even more so like you're very huge. Like, oh my God. And I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm overweight. He's like, yes, yes. You're very obese. Like, <laughs> st- stop it. <laughs> stop saying obese. Say it again anyway. one more time. I'm going to sit on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was a bit of a wake up call, uh, hitting 290 and not, not feeling very healthy anymore. Uh, besides the fact that I, I, I knew, you know, I couldn't like hang with my son on basketball court or anything like that. That was, that was yeah. Fun. You can't let your kid beat you at basketball. No, I'm sure he can beat me at basketball when he actually, you know, uses the skills that that God has given him. But like, if he tries to like sort of drive at me and do a layup around me, I'm just swatting away his the, the ball all the time because <laughs> I'm still bigger and stronger than him. Yeah. So he can't drive at me without me just. But if he steps back and crosses under and. Absolutely. Yeah. If he doesn't cross over, I'm going to tear my other Achilles tendon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be on the ground. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to shoot and he's going to laugh. He's going to make his jump stop. He's going to laugh until I start crying. And then he's going to, you know, help me up. And then he's going to laugh some more after I, you know, come home with another boot. You've, you've actually raised a good kid then. Yes. Yeah. That's what you want. <laughs> Take you the want. shot. Then, then get your laugh later. Yeah. Hold the <laughs> hand up there. You know. <laughs> right. Like, leave it up. your hand in the cookie jar. Right. Yeah. Leave it up. <laughs> Let everyone see it. What? What? <laughs> uh-huh, dude, Steph Curry, uh, one, two, the, uh, three. The Price is Right game is called Cliffhangers. Cliffhanger. Right? I, I Thank pulled you it up. Much, and it's, sir. I mean, um, Yeah. Speaking of somebody who lost weight, Drew Carey actually is much skinnier now. Anyways, Jesus, wow. as we yeah, get he's probably lost more than I have. So, so since like November, uh, but uh, with the both most of my weight loss happening in the last month, mm-hmm. I've lost twenty pounds. Nice, excellent. And I have this treadmill that's about seven and a half feet away from me, 
and I've started using it much more since, you know, Christmas time or so. Nice. Uh, but in the last month and a half, I've been doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a friend got me into it and I tried it and I've been, I, my, my window is sort of like eight to, I'm sorry, noon to eight, noon to 8 p.m. is my eat window of eating. Yeah. And just because of schedules or whatever, I usually am only eating from like one to seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's helped tremendously. I've definitely tried it myself too to to uh, to kind of narrow the time frame because you know I have no qualms about eating something at midnight. Um, mm-hmm. But what has helped me recently is I in twenty twenty one now since January first twenty twenty one I have not had any alcohol, and we're now into February, and I still cool. am going strong with no alcohol. And I find that when I don't have you know four or five beers or half a bottle of wine or or whatever in the afternoon evening you know saturday sunday friday monday tuesday wednesday thursday uh (laughs) and i also don't eat as much so i feel better i feel like i'm losing weight i don't really see any results yet i don't have i don't own a scale so i'm not sure i think the last time i weighed myself i was at my parents house so you don't own a scale i don't own a scale no i don't know why um i would ever need really need one I live here by myself. It's, it's, it's to see how much you weigh. That's what they're oh, for. Oh, 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 oh. Actually, I, I do know in March or April, maybe I have a doctor's appointment coming up. So I need, I, when I go, I want to be weighing less than I weigh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like when I go to doctor's appointments and they put me on the scale and they're like, and they're like, oh, you're 290, you know, 287. And I said, I always say, these are heavy clothes. <laughs> I'm wearing my winter boots. I, I get a laugh every time. Uh, these these are heavy clothes I'm wearing. <laughs> There's a. Uh, I brought my own uh, lead vest for the X-ray. Yeah, I'm preparing it's for an, X-rays and <laughs> an extra thirty pound, thirty lbs as they say right there. Yeah. Well, our our guest our guest today uh, does not weigh. Well, he's tall. He might weigh uh, somewhere tall. in the neighborhood of one sixty. <laughs> he's, he's, he's 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 one of the skinniest comedians I think we. He has a very reasonable BMI, I'm sure. Ever worked with. <laughs> Not saying he's healthy necessarily, but uh, yeah. but he is fucking funny, and yes. uh, and and we definitely love working with Adam Hatch. We're talking about Adam Hatch from from Bangor, Maine, um, who uh, who's opened up, you know, who, who, uh, for local comedian Bob Marley, but also uh, you know national headliners like. Eddie Brill, I believe he said, and, um, you know, but he's just, he's been working comedy uh, throughout the state of Maine, New England, all the way to Chicago and Vegas and points in between, I'm sure. Um, And, uh, you know, he's one of the funniest guys we work with. And we had the opportunity to talk with him uh, about his life now during the pandemic, pre-pandemic and what he thinks probably will never happen again. (laughs) (laughs) The, the after times that may after times someday. yeah some <laughs> game of thrones sort of weirdness but uh, yeah so that was a good conversation and and, um, and uh, unless you want to talk more about your weight we'll 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 go to we'll go to our interview with adam hatch right now no yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen adam hatch what's hey. up <laughs> You all look more professional than I do. <laughs> this is all. This is all for show. None of this actually works. <laughs> yeah, these f- fake microphones, fake headphones. <laughs> <laughs> nothing screams. Nothing screams single dad like that wrinkly sheet in the background, Nick. <clears throat> 
I got two uh, kids thumping around upstairs doing God knows what. So hopefully when we're done, they'll be okay. Are they alone? <laughs> They're alone. Do you, oh. do you feel like a bad parent? Leaving? <sighs> I mean, I'm drinking, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> is that a Captain yeah, and good. Coke? Jack and Coke. <clears throat> Jack and Coke. Oh yep. man. It's the parental drink of choice, really. <laughs> wow. Uh, What's how up many with kids? you guys? Well, geez, you know, we're just uh we're just trying to get through it all, right? I mean there's not much else going on, so we said, What the hell? Let's just start phoning people up and uh yeah. And uh, doing some interviews, talking comedy and whatnot, since we can't actually get out and do comedy. Having some chats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, I've uh, I've tried to, to bond to like the open mics, the Zoom open mics and shows just to check them out. And I haven't been able to make it yet, but I'm intrigued by it. Like the cool. holes. They're interesting. They're yeah. interesting. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. it yeah. like, some of them we have like, we'll, we'll have like, like like fucking 30 people respond that they want to be on the open mic and then like seven of them will show up and then it'll be like the weirdest you know the weirdest experience ever like uh you know people's mic cutting out people asking questions during people's sets and uh, (laughs) can you explain that uh the premise of that penis joke a little more please i'm not really clear on What's going? What's going on? Is it a big penis or or... grandmother? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even imagine. Like open mics are tough enough and and awkward enough sometimes to then put it in this format. I just, oh man. Right, we're in the middle of the open open mic. So I was like, yeah, man. Uh, I think you get on the phone. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I'm doing an open mic. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think I think they're in Maine. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yeah yeah i think i'm up I'm, i don't know when i'm going up i'm gonna go next <laughs> it's brutal it's so brutal yeah. but jesus we'd love to have you out for one for one. <laughs> yeah uh I please god I, come i got something that a leak going on up in, 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 i know you're busy out. man you're busy yeah. man sorry <laughs> no i mean it's one of, i don't I mean, those are great times and there's really with the the great thing about zoom and remote options like that is that there's no travel involved, which is like the most appealing thing to, to those zoom shows and that kind of environment. It's like, I don't have to leave my house. Like that's awesome. But um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll jump on one. I'm just, I honestly just want to check it out and watch and and see what it's like. The, I mean, the shows it's kind of, so as audience members, so let's say it's a show, do people stay unmuted so you can hear people hopefully laugh? Yes. Hopefully we ask them to unmute and then most people just flat out ignore the request. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, still, so I'm only three years into, into uh doing comedy so i'm used to people being silent when uh, i'm on stage but uh you know when i when i'm like when my face is like you know 15 inches away from there and i'm just like hey uh you know yeah uh, uh, uh mildred 79 can you uh unmute and uh, so we can hear your laughter <laughs> and then they just nothing, go nothing <laughs> <laughs> We do. Oh, we actually nice. have people walk away from their screen and they'll just like, where the hell right. did they go? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, that that just goes to show you that, you know, how people would be during a comedy show if they really could be, could be <laughs> that way, you know? I'm just gonna, I'll be back, you know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go grab some shit and I'll be back. Maybe. 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 <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Or maybe I'll just turn Jeopardy up. Like we had, we had, we got to oh, listen geez. to Jeopardy during one open mic. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, people don't listen when you try to like, you know, ask them to move to the front of, you know, of a venue, you know, so, hey, you guys want to just come? I mean, it's a better experience. Oh, you're good. Okay. Yeah. You're fucking pros. Great. I just, yeah, it's good. The other, yeah. The other river comic. Back or don't. Yeah. Nick Dufault, the other river comic, like gives me shit all the time because he's like, I'm, I'm like practically accosting you know patrons from the stage saying please come come forward come forward come forward he's like leave them alone leonard I'm like they, they need to fucking come forward <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you almost need to like put reserve signs on all the back seats so oh. people just naturally fill into the front and then you can <laughs> and then once everybody's in the front you can just pull them that yeah. that's that's a trick that I, um so we did a show here uh we, we've done one show at side by each you know right during the pandemic but we had like separated tables and stuff yep uh but when we thought we were selling out or when we thought we we're gonna do another show we thought about putting more tables further in the back and i was just like we just got to put signs on those tables in the back that say reserved so that no one sits there and then, right. hey, when that 51st person shows up, okay, great. Um, yeah, I guess we can, uh, it looks like this reserve person didn't show up. So go ahead right. and take this table. <laughs> well, the thing that I never understood about that too is it's a, especially if it's a, a smaller venue, you know what I mean? And somebody's sitting, you know, 25 feet away rather than five feet away. It's like, <laughs> I'm not legally blind. I can still see you 25 <laughs> feet away. Yeah. If I wanted to be a dick and rip you a new asshole, like I could do it from a distance. I don't need you that close, but- I mean, it makes me wonder if people have had bad experiences with shows where like comics like because you hear like, don't don't pick on me. I'm like, Christ, I'm not a bully. Like, yeah. you know, like I've been I haven't done shows with anybody that really get, you know, get like that with audience members. So, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Like, I mean, there are people who do more crowd work than right, others. Sure. Like, like I do like no crowd work. Uh, yep. But, you know, you see people who, who know how to do crowd work and crowd work is a good 20 percent, 30 percent of their of their of their set. And like yeah. they're not exactly picking on people. They're just like, no, they, let me just let me inclusive. Ask some, right. Let me just get some, let me look, get a little bit of feedback yeah. and, you know, some trail off and, and get some get something going. Yeah, them. there's people that are really good at that and, and, and bringing people into the show. And, and most of the times that I've seen that done, and if somebody knows what they're doing and they can do it well, it, it doesn't get out of hand necessarily, even well. I've seen people who do know how to do it well. And sometimes it does get out of hand because you've got that one guy or lady that's, you know, shit face and has no filter. And, you know, just every five minutes is just yelling out something, you know, because they feel like they can now because they're part of the show. <laughs> I'm part of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me again. Say my name. <laughs> do, you, do you do crowd work? I know we've worked together, you know, plenty, but I don't. Obviously, that was a memorable experience for him. Well, well, I'm do you just do any know. jokes? Uh, do you, do you, are you funny at all? What is it? I, I, so who, who are you again? Oh, I don't even know anymore. I don't really even know anymore. Well, I was I was just watch I was watching some of your videos and I realized like there's jokes uh, that I was like, oh man, I haven't heard him do that one before. So we haven't worked together that much, you know. The videos to be watched. There, there. Yeah, Google yourself. Actually, <laughs> you, I feel like surprised. anything that I've got on the internet is like from a long time ago like okay i mean stuff that is probably pretty embarrassing i mean the current <laughs> stuff is embarrassing but that stuff's even worse. 
<laughs> so <clears throat> that's why I don't, I, I need to do better at, at, at posting updated content for sure. But uh, so to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I'll do, I'll do crowd work. I think it really, de- it depends on the venue and the, the show. And for, for me anyway, like I don't always go in saying like, all right, I want to, you know, I want to knock out like 10 minutes of crowd work. I think it really, because it, it's tough. It's tough to do right. And it's, I still have had moments, you know, where I'll start doing crowd work and, you know, you're trying to get to a place with somebody and then it just ends up being, you know, a, a dialogue that you could have had at the friggin', you know, pharmacy. Like, oh, okay. oh it's, great. it's great talking to you. I guess I'll get back. I'll get back to work now. Uh, so, I mean, and then there's moments it goes really well and, you know, it's cool and you can come back to it. And um, but I, I would say that I, I'm not I mean, I'm not great at it. I mean, I can I, I have moments where it's, it's fun and I enjoy it, but it's definitely not my, you know, uh, my strong suit for sure. So I envy people who can do it well, you know, who yeah. just really, you know, can, can really do it well. It's, it's cool to watch, which always makes me want to try more. You know, <laughs> like I see somebody do it well and I'm like, oh, I want to I want to do that. And then I try it again. I'm like, no, okay. I know why I, I remember why I don't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard that uh, Jay Leno is like at the beginning of his show, he'll like pick on a few, not pick on, but you know, he'll pick out a few people and then he'll bring them back at the end of the show. He'll remember each person's job, their name, this and that, yep. like apparently he's the master at it. So, yeah, but when you when you no, do, ahead, do sorry. It, that's right. Uh, when you do do it, I, I, I've always heard that you have to have a punchline in mind, like that the idea is like you're getting to a joke that, you know, and you want to set them up to get that punchline that you already know you're going to do regardless of what they say. Yeah, I've seen people like George Ham used to do that really well um in in you know he'd have he'd have certain things that he'd like he'd pick on a like somebody younger in the crowd and you know he'd be like jesus christ what are you fucking 18 and like he'd talk about oh it must be nice to have 18 year old balls and like then he'd come back to like (laughs) circle back to 18 year old balls or something like that um you know but he was it, just like that he'd jump around and then when he can and bob marley does the same thing he'll he'll pull somebody back in and and, you know, and people, people love that, you know, they, they love being included in a positive way. I mean, some people like to be ripped on too, I guess, but um, <laughs> those people are usually super hammered. <laughs> I, I need my ego taken down a few notches. <laughs> Don't we all? You mentioned, you mentioned George and Bob. Uh, we know you've, you've definitely opened for Bob. Have you op- opened for George as well before? Or is that yeah, I worked, just- yeah, I worked with George, um, you know, done. He, he used to do, he used to do quite a, quite a bit. I mean, even outside of opening for, you know, for Bob, he used to do some stuff on his own and um, yeah, I've worked with him. You know, he used to be at the Comedy Connection a lot too. He hosted a lot of the, which is where I started. And he hosted a lot of like the Thursday night showcases Um which is, you know, after I did the, uh, the Portland's funniest professionals contest a few times, I got, you know, onto those showcases and those were cool. Cause like it was a Thursday night in the old port and there'd either be five people there or a hundred people there. Like you never knew, but the nights that there was a hundred people there were amazing. Like that, oh, yeah. that room so great. Um, and seeing him in that environment and, and that's where I met like, you know, Tuck Tucker, you know, you know, John Ader, um you know a lot of those guys too who are all great comics and you know i'm still i'm still good friends with so yeah, yeah. so you say you uh you participated in the portland's funniest professional at the comedy connection uh how many years ago was that when did you start like i don't know it's been i've been 
I've been doing it for 14 years or so, but I always tell people like I've been doing it for 14 years from central Maine. So it's not like every weekend I'm at a, at a show or, or a mic or, or anything like that, you know? So sometimes I would go months without doing anything. So it was like, you know, the first five or six years, it's like, there was always a pandemic going on. Like I was, <laughs> I was constantly like, well, no shows again this week. I got to stay away from people. Um, but, you know, so it, it was harder to progress, you know, and, and I'd see people that lived in the Portland area constantly just getting better and better because they, they had the stage time and, and, uh, I was doing what I could. And, um, so it took, I, so 14 years, but I don't, I don't know. My collective experience is uh, maybe six or seven years. I don't really know. So mm-hmm. that's what, something I pull out of my ass when people ask me. So <laughs> <laughs> the comedy connection I've always heard was, was, I mean, I remember going and watching shows there. I never got the opportunity to perform there, but, um, I heard that was the greatest room ever. I've never been to another place that has the kind of energy that, I mean, I've, I've been at some other really great shows that are close and that have that feeling. Um, but I think that's one thing that like main comedians in general lack in just the experience of being in a club setting. Cause we, we don't have one, you know, um, or, or, or someplace where you can go and get familiar and, and be like your, your kind of home club that people talk about, you know, in other States. Um, and cause that, that really not just for the experience of being on stage, but again, for, you know, the people that you meet, the networking, you know, the experience of, of, you know, the comedy connection would have headliners from out of state come in for the weekend. And, um, like I met, um, Ben Roy, who's out of Colorado now, but he's from, uh, I think like Augusta area or something like that. And he was on mm-hmm. a, he was on a TV show, uh, those who can't, um, for like, it was like a picked up for three seasons. He headlines out there all the time, Butch Bradley, who, when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago, he, um, he is a residency at the stratosphere, the LA comedy club in the stratosphere. So I got to go do a set there one night and, um, you know, like I, I met those guys, I mean, 10 years ago, probably or more at the, the comedy connection. It's just, it's just harder, you know, when you're at friggin', you know, Ma's general store in the back, friggin', <laughs> you know, ripping butts with the owner and, you know, <laughs> like yeah. so it's just, it's just different. Not that it's bad. I mean, I, I've done, you know, and I think you guys can probably attest to this too. Like so many random places that have turned out to be these great shows, you know? Right. So it's a, it's a good experience either way. You know, it's For just sure. the comedy connection was just, it was just, it was, it was fire. I mean, the energy in that room and I'm talking at a time when like you, you know, I didn't have a lot of material. I didn't have, I wasn't at a place where I could walk in like on stage and be like, all right, well, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm going to do. I mean, I was more or less just, you know, shaving myself for five minutes and hoping I'd make it to the other side with some laughs. But, you know, I had those moments that clicked and you really feel what it's like to like have a presence on stage. And that's what, that's what keeps us all going is just those moments where, you know, you're like, fuck, like I've never felt anything like this before. You know, I just walked into a room full of strangers and just created something. And, uh, you know, then you get a complex and then there's therapy. <laughs> so how, how long did it take before you think you maybe, you know, 
came into your own like like no oh, this is my voice on stage this is who i am now long time like i feel like it's really only been in the last five years that that's happened it okay. like for me i also um you know a comedy just like a lot of other things in life you, you get out of it what you put into it and you know I liked the idea. Like I, I felt like I was funny around people. And then like, I, you know, I got on stage, but I, I really was, I wasn't writing a whole lot. You know, I'm up in, you know, the, you know, the middle of Maine, not really doing a lot of shows. So I'd come down to Portland and there'd be a lot of shows where I would just be, I would be awful, you know, and we'd stand out in the comedy case. You stand out by the door at the end of the show and people would come out, all the comics were like, you know, hanging out there and the audience members would come out. And I remember this so many times people would come out to like a comic standing here and a comic standing here and be like, Hey man, great set. Good job. They'd look at me and be like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You good, good set, man. Yeah. Good set. You know, and for, for the longest time that happened and it, and it really like, it sucked. And, I came to the conclusion I like, like I just have to work harder and I have to, and I talked to a lot of other comics and, and I started asking for feedback, which was difficult, you know, to, yeah. to get more than, Hey, Hey, good set. Like, you know, cause that either means like, I don't give a shit or, you know, like you didn't really have a good set. Like, you know, just asking for that feedback was really crucial in, in having, you know, going on, you know, road trips to shows and, you know, talking about ideas and, and, you know, spitballing bits and things like that. You know, I think that's what really helped, um, really helped me. And then just finding a spot, like people say, well, just have fun. Well, that's true. Like that's, that's more true than almost anything is that you have to go out and enjoy what you're doing because I was always worked up and worried about how I was going to do. And I think when I finally was able to just kind of, you know, settle in and know that, okay, like I spent some time on this material. Like I feel good about it, you know, um, that things kind of click and, and fall into place. So, um, but I, I, Jesus, I mean, I, there's so many, I mean, I, more times that I've felt awful and done awful than I felt good. <laughs> and, um, but I just think that's part of the, it's part of the process. It's like playing golf or something or, or a sport. Like, you know, just that one good shot. At that than I am comedy, I think, which I can't say about many things, but <laughs> golf is definitely <laughs> golf. I am, I am horrid at, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's, you know, but just like that, I mean, you, it's just, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but you know, you gotta, you gotta put the time in and you, and you gotta practice. And I, I do remember being like, well, why, why isn't it there? Like, why am I not? And I think that that's something that people gave me for feedback was like, you need to find your own voice. Cause I would, I would very much jump around in my energy levels. Not that I ever had a character or anything like that, but I just, you know, sometimes I'd be like on 10 and, you know, fast and then other times like I wasn't and you know it was just mm. and I knew that too so I, I feel like that's what that's what makes it hard is you just you beat up on yourself a lot yeah that is true we, we definitely do that it's a probably an unfortunate side effect of who we are as people you know um, and then the profession or the hobby that we choose to endeavor in uh, who, who was the who was the other com comedians that uh, helped you get over that hump that helped you you know discover that part of um, the, the, so I, I think the people that I had probably the most, you know, openly and candid conversations with, or, you know, like, you know, talking Johnny, um, Ryan Wanning, um, who have you guys worked with Ryan? 
No, no. Not so, yet. so Ryan used to, I mean, we used to do a ton of stuff together. Um, and just like a lot of people, I mean, things happen in life and you duck in and you come back and, you know, and I think he was just starting to ramp back up before the, the pandemic hit. And, um, you know, we had a lot of car rides together where, you know, you could, you, you know, you just, I, just talking about things and, and asking for that, you know, that, that feedback. And it's not easy to hear, you know, not at all. I mean, most of the time it's not, but when those things start clicking on the other side, when you, when you put them into action, you know, that's the great part is you're like, Oh, okay, well that, you know, that really pays off, you know? Um, but I mean, there's, so, so I got to the point where I really just tried to ask a lot of different people, you know, for that, um, you know, so even if, you know, like I had great conversations with, you know, with, with George Ham. I mean, that he's one of those comics, though, that things come so or they appear to come so naturally for him um, that it's almost frustrating from, you know, somebody else's standpoint where you're just like, like, it, like it's easy. But he also had a lot of time under his belt, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was a mainstay um, here in the Portland area for, yeah. I remember seeing him a lot. Actually, uh, when I graduated from high school, him and George Ham and uh, Bob Marley were the project graduation comedians yeah. at two in the morning. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, I was 18 years old and I, I watched the two of them. And that was the moment that I said, Jesus, I want to do that someday. And it took yeah. me a long time to get there uh, yeah. to actually try it. But uh, I remember seeing them and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wish George was still doing stuff. I, I, I mean, maybe he is somewhere doing something, but I haven't heard, you know, from him in a long time. But, uh, yeah, um, when, uh, when, when we talk about, you know, you being in, in the uh, northern part of Maine and, and not having a lot of opportunities up that way, uh, you know, for people that aren't from around here, you know, explain how that really is as far as like you're basically the only comedian north of augusta right i mean <laughs> i mean i don't it's it's tough i don't i don't know i mean it's um you know like i said ryan lives ryan winning lives in this area there's another guy who got me into comedy his name is travis cowing and um he lived in the area as well and he's the one that said hey go to portland and start it's, that contest is open to the public and that's He's the one, and he used to do a lot of stuff in the area too, like, you know, 10 to 14 years ago. Um, and that's kind of what got the ball rolling for me. But yeah, it's it's tough because like I I see, you know, some of the things that happen in Southern Maine with the mics and the different shows, and you know, that there's you guys have this, you know, this great community, um, which I've always felt a part of even if it's in a disconnected sort of way just because i'm not i'm not there but i've always felt included or, or like i could reach out to anybody and say hey i'm going to be around like can i jump on a show um it, so i think i think that extends you know through all of all of maine for for sure um but it is it's it's weird up here it's like it's kind of like no man's land um you know we um there was some people a kid that i went to school with high school with uh probably i don't know this was eight or nine years ago. Now he started this random open mic. Um, you know, he is more of a theater background, um, but very funny guy. He started this open mic on a Wednesday night in a bar downtown. And for like one summer for like three or four months, it, it took off. And we had people that were coming in off the streets that were just randomly. Cause we just be like, Hey, if anybody wants to try this, like this is a safe, it's a safe place. Um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can get up and get, you know, give it a shot. And, 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 we had, <laughs> we had, I mean, just some great 
just some great people come up and, and, uh, and, and try comedy. There was this guy um, who was nicknamed uh, biker Jesus uh, <laughs> purely because that's what he looked like. He was wearing like a leather vest and he had long hair and, um, and he just had that, he had that look. And uh, he, I remember this. He, so he gets up and he's just like, he's never done comedy before. He was like walking by, came in for a drink and he's like, all right, I'm going to try this. He gets up and like gets on the mic. The first thing he says in this like gruff, like gravelly voice is like, and he all seen a dead body before. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, like, and you know was what that the, the cool final thing night? is? Was that the last night of the open mic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was done. It was done after that. Uh, we all had to move and change our, our numbers and messages. Um, no, he stuck with it for like months, like and, and loved it. I mean, and showed up and put time and effort into it. So, I mean, it was really cool to see to see that stuff happen in our area. But you know, honestly, since then, like there's there's been stuff that pops up, but there just doesn't seem to be a big draw of people that want to participate or, or get into comedy. I think somebody needs to do a class up here, honestly. Like, I think, you know, having something, I mean, maybe now is not the best time, but you know, uh, on the backside of this stuff when people can be in person again, um, is to have a, have some kind of a class, you know, I think I you just that. signed up to teach one. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> be the first you know graduating class of a comedy school everybody fails <laughs> <laughs> including the instructor nobody came to the show i don't even even the people that attended the class 100 bucks a piece nobody showed up um so yeah no i mean i would i would love to do i think with you know partnering with somebody you know but again there's nobody frigging around to partner with so you know is somebody going to drive up from portland and there's several like i know talk used to teach a class like ian stewart's taught a bunch of classes um it's a i think it's a great idea to get people comfortable with you know and understand like more what comedy is about before they just get up on a mic and you know <clears throat> go through that experience because that's either going to end it right there for people or it's gonna if they're really demented it's really going to push them forward to do more <laughs> i think that's I think, yeah that's what happened that's what happened to me you know it was like i, I didn't think those i didn't think it was going to happen and i got on the mic at the at that gra at graduation and I became like a minor celebrity for a week in, in the paper. And I'm like, holy shit, I guess I got to keep doing this now. This is fantastic. Um, is but other people, yeah, right. Other people got, got into the class and they're like, mm, I'm, no, I'm done. Like one class and they're out uh, or <laughs> three classes they're out or graduation is like, you know, I'm, I think I'm just done with this. Uh, I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. The sad thing is that people don't realize is it makes you just a better, more comfortable, you know, public, even in meetings at work. Like right. I will say and do whatever I need to do to get my point across. And I have no qualms about doing that because I'm comfortable speaking in front of people now. Yeah. I will talk about my penis at work all the time now. Exactly. Oh. It breaks down that barrier of being <laughs> able to, you know, to talk about your penis pretty much anywhere. I mean, Jennifer, <laughs> work and the bus stop. Like, I mean... It is. It's just, I, I like how freeing that is. It's really, really nice. The public speaking portion, not the penis. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I, of course. I do find that when, and I agree with you, it has helped in with public speaking. And, but I also feel like at the same time, it's, it's, there's this contrast now of like, if I'm speaking about something that has, that I know that I can't really make jokes, 
it's that's uncomfortable for me. Like it's still uncomfortable. It, can I do it? Can I get through it and, 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 and give a presentation and have it be halfway decent? Sure. I can, but I'm not as comfortable. I, there's that instinct. And a lot of times I just do it at the beginning. I'm like, I have to, somebody needs to laugh at me regardless of what the reason is. Like if I have to go up there with no pants or whatever, like, I need to get, <laughs> need to get some kind of a laugh to be comfortable you're a funny so guy, though, even just like, you, you know, just I, to see you like the way you walk around the, your mannerisms. It's it's you're immediately like entertaining to watch. So I don't know how I feel about it. No, 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 it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a really, good the way you flail your limbs around. I mean, the lankiness and the really the, the you know, the way that your bone structure collapses in on your face. is really. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or to send some GoFundMe funds for your terminal illness. I'm not sure. I don't really know. It's a. It's a good lankiness. We'll still be friends after this. Yeah. Some people have a bad lankiness. <laughs> yeah, Leonard's not right. lanky I, at all. So you know, I'm not lanky at all. Right? Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> we can't all have it. So speaking of, of of seeing you, your lankiness, you you've been on the the night show with the yeah. uh, Danny Cashman a, a number of times. Like, tell us about that and that, what that experience has been. Like, yeah, that's um, that's such a great experience. I mean, if ev- everything. I mean, the so so Danny's great. Uh, the the cast, the cast, the crew is all um, you know the behind the scenes, the 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 sounds and the the video stuff is all uh, they're all Hassan students. Um, so they, which is really cool, and they do a really great job putting everything together. Um, it's very it's very professional and well done. Um, but it, it was strange the first, especially the first time that I did it. Cause you walk out and, um, you have a couple cameras here, which is weird. You know, it's a, it's a weird feeling. So it's for people live, who don't know, for people who don't know, uh, Danny Cashman's like Maine's version of David Letterman, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he's a bit, he's a huge Letterman guy. So, and also, so he's had Letterman's uh, opener and and Booker Eddie Brill. Um, he's he's good friends with Eddie. Eddie's been on the show, and we've I, I got to work with him once um, as well. But he's been on, so he's had some big people. He's had Ed Asner on, like he's had some big guests on that show. Um, but it 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 was strange. I mean, the first couple times, like having the like the the cameras are weird. They have you know the audiences. It's it's been anywhere between like 30 people to 60, 70. And it's a fairly big theater. Um, I mean, they've got a guy that is like the applause and like the, the like fluffer guy who's like, you know, trying to get everybody to laugh. So he's in, no matter what you say. Yeah. It's like you, you start and you're like, oh, I was at the grocery store. He's like, <laughs> like, oh, he's like the guy. Epic man. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so he's that could throw you off. <laughs> it, it's a little, yeah. The experience is a little, uh, it's it's different. Um, but and then one time, uh, no, I think two times ago that I was on. Uh, so you go out; these doors open. You go out. They start the music. They say your name, and then I start my uh, my first joke, and then. I hear them be like, no, no, we got to, we got to start over. The sound wasn't on or something. We weren't recording uh, oh, no. like 15 seconds into my first bit. And I was like, oh, 
Okay. So I got to go back stage again. And they're like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to have you come out and just start it, you know, just start it over again. I said, all right, okay, sure. So I, I, I go back and then I come, <laughs> I come back out and, you know, I'm like waving to the audience again. Like I've never been there. And then I start my, I get like 30 seconds in and they're like, no, 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 wait, cut, stop, stop. Oh, no. stop. We gotta, oh, no. and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> So I go back, I go back again and I come out for the third time. Um, and at this point, like, I'm just like, whatever, like it was, it was funny. And, and so, so I got through, I got through, it's like a, it's a pretty quick, it's like four or five minutes set. Um, so but it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a good experience. Yeah. Speaking of which, we should probably start recording this one. Yeah. This is- yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll start. I mean, I'll start providing some content now that I know. That we, uh, all right. If you guys remember what we, what we were talking about for the last 20 minutes, let's just do that Jeez. again. All right. Jeez, and go. We, we would, we would definitely be sinking this ship real quick. <laughs> Self detonating. <laughs> is this the first one that you've done? Uh Oh Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not asking. No, 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 no. It's not, it's... Clearly, you guys have never done this before. So I, just, uh, I mean, is it that obvious? Microphone. No, we, uh, we, 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 we have recorded one other interview, and and we're uh, we're we're doing rock paper scissors to see which one we're going to post first, uh, depending on all circumstances. We got a lot of pieces we got to put together. Yeah, but, Mark uh, Mark Marin sort of stole our style. So what we're going to do is uh, <laughs> like record like a little intro and then cut into the cut into the interview and then record something at the end. I've heard that other. with Mark Maron. Didn't he steal yeah. some shit from Rogan too? Oh, that guy. Oh, now we started some shit. Yeah. No, All right. Speaking of guys like that, like who are your influences outside the, you know, like in the comedy world entirely? Like who do you like? Um, so I think like the people that got me started, it's a, it's a weird range of the first comedy that I remember hearing was actually Bill Cosby, like on a cassette tape that my mom had had. Um, and so like, I remember listening to that at a young age and kind of like, I mean, not really understanding it, but at the same time, I like, couldn't stop listening to it. So, mm. you know, that, that was the first comedian I remember listening to. And then I think in Carlin as well, but uh, I saw Stephen Wright, uh, at the University of Maine, which was the first live comedian that I ever had seen. And, and you know, I probably, I don't know, I wasn't very old, 10 or 11, maybe. Um, okay. And was, but, but really was like laughing and like felt like, you know, I was like, oh, this is really cool. But at that point in time, I never thought I was still like, I, I want to do stand up. Like that wasn't an idea in my head. Um, and I'll probably regret saying this on a recorded, you know, uh, podcast that'll go to social media, but Dane Cook was really the, like the, <laughs> the influence of, of, of where I was like, I want to do that. Like I, and I don't, I mean, so that was, that was probably, I mean, 20 years ago, like when he was wearing a wife beater and spitting water across the stage. I mean, it's not necessarily Don't worry, we'll just bleep like that it's... out. We'll, we'll bleep that out later. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of how you feel about his, his, his material and whatnot and him, you know, uh, personally and professionally, like the idea of being in front of a bunch of people and having people just go crazy for you is, is, uh, is quite intoxicating. Yeah. Sure. Well, listen, man, I mean, you like, I don't know what happened with him. He got like, he was really, really fucking big. He got really big. And he was like one of the first comedians to use like social media as a platform to put himself out there and grow his name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I've read all kinds of, I, I saw him live in Chicago and one of his, 
fucking stand in a circle tours, like whatever it was, like he had the cir- circle stage and, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, I mean, and it was, and it was cool. Um, you know, it, it's, I try to, even if I don't like a comedian, like, especially like somebody that, you know, is big, like I try to, when I like, if I listen to them or watch them, try to do it objectively sometimes just because I think there's still things you can learn, you know, like I'm not a huge fan of, of, you know, the, the blue collar comedy guys, but like, if you start to dig into each one of those, they're, they're fucking all brilliant. Like if you get outside of the, you know, the, you might be a redneck and the, here's your sign and all that stuff. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's different. They, they weren't inspirations of mine, but <clears throat> if you listen to Ron, like Ron White's one of the, you know, hardest working road comics, you know, that, that there is to date, the dude grinds it. Yeah. So you know, I don't, you know, it, it, it's different for everybody. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's somebody different for somebody else. It could be Gilbert Godfrey for somebody else, you know, which is fucking weird, but still very strange, but definitely for, for yeah. some, uh, I've always heard that uh, if you, if you want to be better at something, you watch somebody who is better at it than you are and not necessarily mimic what they're doing, but you, you, you take that into account. Like how, how did they get to where they are? What did they do? What are the components of it that they Im- implemented that uh, yeah. made them as good as they are? And uh, if you want to get better, you just, you gotta, you gotta do those things too. Um, you, you've, uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but you, you definitely opened up for Bob Marley. He's probably, you know, a number one here in Maine. Yeah. Uh, at this moment how how was that experience opening up for him and the few yeah, times i mean it was phenomenal i mean i don't you know i don't i don't know that i'll ever have experiences like that again i mean i went from you know doing doing stuff in you know small venues and from you know 100 to two i mean probably the max i had done is like a 500 seat venue before that and then you know the first six months that I opened for him, I, I was at the, you know, the, the Collins center in Orono in front of 1400 people, you know, and um, you know, just venues that I, I'll never be in on my own, you know, the Waterville opera house, which is like an 800 seat venue. And it's just it, that will always stick in my mind is just one of the coolest shows just because you have like, this, you know, the, the balcony sits, you feel like you can like high five people like um, from the stage. <clears throat> and it's just it, like, it feels like a club, like there's 800 people in there. And like, it, it just, there's certain experiences like that, that I just don't think I'll, I'll be able to duplicate. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And I also had some really shitty ones too. Like it's, it's hard opening for him because people are there to see him, you know, they are his fans. Like, I don't remember how many times I walk out on stage and somebody be, they'd say my name. I'd come out. Somebody would be like, "Where's Bob?" You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, here we go. You know, I'm like, 15 minutes and I, it's all I gotta do. <laughs> and no matter how well you do, you can go out and you can just be like, you come off stage and you're like, "Fuck!" You're like, I nailed that. Five minutes later, he's getting ten times the laughs that you are, <laughs> and you're like, "You mother." Like this, you know, but I I primed them for you. Right. (laughs) Right. No, 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 no. I got, he does, does not matter. Like he is, he is so good at what he does, uh, you know, because he's been at it for 30 plus years, he's worked with any comedian that you could ever think of. He's gone before them, after them, like there's no scenario. And that's one thing that was cool about, you know, having these conversations with him, you know, as funny as, 
funny, you know, whether you're going before or after somebody who, you know, does, you know, 20 minutes, you know, on dildos or, or, you know, the guy that, it, you know, screams at the top of his lungs. Like if, if you're a funny person and you have the talent, you have the material and you know how to deliver, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, which is, I, th- I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to play that card. Like, well, it was like the guy before me ruined it or the audience was like, you know, they weren't, they weren't really in my age group or, you know, they were all sleeping or whatever. Like, you know, you just, if you work hard enough, it really, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, um, so it was a, it was a great experience, but it wasn't, it wasn't always, that's what I would tell anybody who, you know, had the to do that is that it is great and absolutely do it, but it's not always going to be, you know, what you think it is for sure. Right. Right. Hmm. Well, uh, you mentioned being in Vegas uh, not too long ago, uh, yep. obviously pre pandemic and whatnot. So you perform there where else uh, and, and talk about being, you know, being out of the ma- state of Maine and whatnot. Um, so yeah, Vegas, that was, again, that was a who, you know, scenario, you know, that I, I reached out to him and he said, yeah, I'll put you on, you know, um, and, and, uh, I went up and did a, did a sat and you know what, it was, it wasn't great. Um, I was very like on edge, like I'm in Vegas, I'm from Maine, like, you know, like, how's this going to go? But it was a good experience. Nonetheless, um, Chicago, I lived out there for a little while and did Zanies. Um, this was early on. Um, so, uh, that's really, I mean, in new England, I mean, a bunch of places in new England, but I, I, I've never done anything in Boston or New York or cause it's a process. A lot of those clubs, like they want to see you, like, I don't remember which club it is, but there's one in Boston where you just like, you essentially have to show up a number of times. Like they have to just like, know you're in the building before they'll let you like give you an opportunity on stage. And I'm like, listen, I, live like you know four and a half hours away you know? <laughs> right i got kids and shit to do like i not that i don't want to do this but you know i just it's it's tough so that makes yeah. it hard but one thing that i've you know has made it easier for those kinds of opportunities for me is that i i've really kind of accepted that i, I don't think i'll stop doing this at any point in time you know like i i think that i'll I don't have a, you know, a time in mind where I'd be like, yeah, I really, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I've been through the, the, the times when there's gaps where I don't do it, but I've never been like, I should just stop. Like I'll get back on the horse, however, you know, broken down and beaten it is. And, and, you know, I'll find my way back. And, um, you know, I, eventually that could be when my kids are older and, you know, I, you know, I'm funnier. I, I can move, uh, you know, to, to Southern Maine and, uh, you know, be closer to, to opportunities, uh, you know, and, and right now it's, you know, who knows what the comedy world's going to look like in the next couple of years, which sucks. But, um, you know, I, I think that it may be, I don't know, maybe it'll bounce back better than ever. Maybe it'll be a lot of people talked about how it wasn't the same as it was 20 years ago. Like, you know, maybe it'll, it'll be, you know, a kind of revival and, you know, we'll all be in packed clubs and I don't know. We can, we can certainly dream. We can certainly dream. So you kind of answered it, but you know, we were, we wanted to know what you had in the mind for post pandemic. If you, if you, if you thought that, yeah, it's I mean, what's, what, what's like a, a comedy goal for, for you? Like what's a, what's, what's in the future for you? Like, what are you looking, striving for? Yeah. Like, you know, would you I love think... to be 
a regular at the the comedy store in LA? Like, would, would that be, you know, <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, sure. That's a great, I mean, that's a great goal to have. Like, I, I think I, I just, I've, I've changed my perspective, my perspective and my expectations so much with comedy that like, I, I'm at a place where if I'm doing shows, like I'm happy. And, and that's what, I think that's what, allows me to keep doing is that I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the bar low. So I'm not like, well, I, you know, in two years, I'd like to be on late night television. And then, you know, four years go by and people were like, Adam, who, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, just to get, just to, just to be in front of a, you know, a group of people and, and, and continue, you know, relationships like with you guys and all the other people that we've met. I mean, I think that's my goal. Like, I just don't, I don't necessarily want to stop. And if I grow from there and it turns into something else, else um you know that's good i think that's one thing and, th and this may sound you know kind of dumb but i mean that's one thing that i think comedians as they you know you, it's it's important to have goals i get that like you need to have like hey i do want to be on a late night television show or i do want to move to la and there's nothing wrong with that but i also think about the fact that we look an incredibly rare gift in the mouth of just being able to be present in front of strangers and create something, which is really cool. When you think about it, when you step back and think about that, like the nights that you've had, or you're connecting with strangers, you know, that, that you've literally been in the presence of for five minutes and you're just saying words. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty frigging cool. So, yeah, I awesome. mean, I think that's the part of it that I, I think I'm now hooked on. Um, and you know, that's, that's, it's just to kind of keep plugging away. We'll be the, uh, we'll be the old people in the old people's home, you know, someday getting up in front of the, in front of everybody at the lunch tables and <laughs> right. yeah. talking, about, talking about our walkers and then canes. And right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be trying to tell a dick joke and I'll just be pulling up my nightgown. That's there it is. <laughs> you don't work no more, but that's all right. right. <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, so you do have, you do have a life obviously outside comedy. Um, you, know, we, you have you have children uh i don't i think yeah. you have at least 10 i'm not sure <laughs> yeah uh, i wish we've ever actually talked about that but you know We're starting uh, a mormon community uh, <laughs> <laughs> no we have we have four uh yeah four, four all girls um 18 15 8 and 3 so it's oh. uh yeah it's it's busy oh. you know for for sure but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world and, you know, and they're all super supportive and, and, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that they really like, they've seen me on, in, on, in some level, but I don't think they, they really get it, which I'm okay with. Like maybe when they're a little older, yeah. um, you know, uh, they can, they can kind of, they can kind of get it a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, yeah, man. What, what if uh, one of them wanted to go into comedy someday? What would, <laughs> how would you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't shut them down. I mean, it would, it's, I guess it would be cool to be able to see something like that and give, you know, my experience. And, you know, at the same time, it's, it's almost just like, holy shit, you know, you, you know, you watch, it's like, it's like allowing your kid to like signed up to get bullied or something, you know, like, you're just <laughs> like all right, well, the, probably the next three to five years of this is going to suck pretty hard, but whatever you want to do, you know, I guess, um, you know, we're all going to therapy now anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, I wouldn't discourage it. I mean, no. 
Um, I think it, I think it would be cool. Anybody that I meet who I like, cause there's people, I mean, I'm sure you guys have run into this too. People are like, Oh, I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, so do it, write something down, you know, keep track for a little bit and then do it. You know, I'll put you in touch with some people and, I, uh, I kick myself all the time because I was in the line at the grocery store one time and, and the cashier, he was younger and whatnot, and he was hilarious. He, he was just ripping jokes left and right, like making fun of people in line and whatnot. And I'm looking at him like, who is this guy? Like, what? why are you a cashier at the grocery store? And I and I didn't have a car. I wanted to give him a card. And I was like, I just said, you know, hey, be on the lookout, Facebook or whatever. Like, there are opportunities. You are funny. And then I, I took my groceries and left. And I was like, oh, man, I'll probably never see this kid again. But it was... <laughs> Uh, see, he's probably the guy. He's late night at the grocery store. He's like in front of the produce, you know, ripping on friggin' avocados and eggplants. And he's, he's got he's got twenty minutes on star fruit for Christ. He's sake. got twenty exactly. <laughs> but but that's the thing though. There's I've met people like that that are just like, well, I could you know I could do it. I know I know I could do it. And you're like, it's not it's not that easy, you know. But I welcome you to absolutely. But it's not it's not that easy for sure. So yeah, yeah. speaking of jobs, you have a, you have a new job in, um, yeah. in solar power. Is that right? Yeah. I, uh, so I work for a company called Pine Tree Solar um, and they're up this way, um, which has been, it's, it's a really cool industry to be in right now, especially in Maine. Like they're calling Maine the, the sun rush state right now because there's so many other places in the United States that solar has been tapped into and, and being sold. Like there's a lot of business in Maine, like, I mean, a lot of business in, in solar right now. Um, interesting. So it is, it is very interesting. So it was something that I kind of jumped into because I had the opportunity. The income potential is really, really good. And, um, you know, that's something that is sometimes, uh, you know, doesn't happen very often in Maine. I was thinking too, that there's a, there's a joke there somewhere too, about hot air and, and uh, being a comedian and working in solar power, but. Well, it's the sun, actually, Nick. That, oh, okay. Uh, that powers it. It's not hot air. It's not a pop. It's not a popcorn factory. It's. it's a freaking... See, I haven't flushed it out yet, so I just don't. Know. Yeah, you keep uh, you keep flushing it out until it's gone completely. And, and our podcast is over. Wow. It's done. <laughs> so maybe while you're on the roof, you can like you know set up a rooftop. Uh, you know, you know, venue set up a rooftop stage to, to do a show. Oh, like, you know, right? listen, like, I'm not I'm helping ins- now. I'm helping. Uh, <laughs> I'm not installing these things. I'm selling them. So oh. it's uh, yeah, they don't make <laughs> difference. Nobody in the right mind lets me around power tools and angles or anything like that. That's not, those are not good combinations. I don't know anything about that stuff. So um, you know, they do send me out into the public and try to you know to try to 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 have people, but. You know, the cool thing about this is that they they kind of sell themselves because people are really like, especially these big businesses. I mean, we've talked to businesses like it would blow your minds, like, you know, pe- places with like refrigeration and things like that. They spend, I mean, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month on power. Wow. So they build an array, a solar array, and maybe it's a million bucks, but in five to six years, their return on investment, it, they've, they've paid, it's paid for itself and they save millions over 30 years. It's nuts. Like wow, it just, great. I mean, stuff you don't even think about. So it, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things. So I think just, we're actually opening an office down in the, in Southern Maine soon. Nice. Cool. We'll and just think out. about how all, how many of those uh, hot air balloons you can, 
Jesus uh, cell right. Power was so. I was. Oh shit. shit. <laughs> we're open, we're opening an office in, in southern Maine, Nick, but I, we will not be calling you for uh, an interview for sales. Yeah, that's all right. This 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 whole comedy thing is going to take off real quick for me. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> hey, at least we're having fun. Yeah, right, Leonard. So, uh, so we uh, we we uh, prepared you for um, a segment we're going to try to do on every show called "Curse the Darkness." So, if you're yeah. if you're unfamiliar, there's a there's a Chinese proverb that says, "I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness." So, what we're what we're interested in knowing are what what are up, what, places where you just choose to just curse the darkness and try to things you would complain about, but don't have any intentions about you know doing anything about. Yeah, so I did think about this, and there's, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out the level of depth that you wanted with this, and I figured it was, be- <laughs> it was beyond just like, you know, I hate it when people don't put away their shopping carts at fucking Target, like. Uh, <laughs> well, um, that's a, that's one example I think of. I I think I sent to Don. About- yeah. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do about it? I'm not, I mean, I'm not, not tracking do people down, like, you know, exactly. their car. what are you going to do about that? I think there's already somebody that does that on Facebook <laughs> anyway. Um, uh. I think for me, uh, it's my procrastination, which is something that I've had since I was a youth. And uh-huh. I, I really, I think that's probably a part of the downfall of pr- procrastination is I haven't really done shit about it. <laughs> you know, like eventually you um, will. I bet I'm going to get that. I'll get to it, you know? Um, but it, it really, it's weird because it's something, as I was thinking about it, there's scenarios. I it's gotten better as I've gotten older because it's something that I really tried to like, especially with my kids be like, don't put stuff off, just do it. Don't be like me. I mean, you know, but it is, there's a level of like, I, I know I have a deadline of something and I know it's coming up and there's a little bit of a, like a thrill that I get from being like, Oh, it's freaking, I got two days. I'm still good. I got plenty yeah. of time. And then 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I can go. still do this, you know? So it got, like, it's weird. This is a little backed up, you know, procrastination addiction that I get, <clears throat> but I've done, done very little. <laughs> I've done very little about doing anything. That's so. funny. That's so good procrastination it, just to get the thrill of the thrill of the the hunt. Uh, 20, it's twenty two hours left. It's strange though. <laughs> like I, I, so here's here's a good example is that like I try. So you know, uh, there's my my wife works every other weekend, and like I we have a very equal partnership in terms of like you know household duties. Like I'll you know I pull my weight. I'll do laundry, dishes. Like I don't give a shit. Whatever. Like you know, it doesn't make me any less of a man because I friggin know how to fold the fitted sheet. That's a lie. I don't. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna say wow. Yeah, I, I really don't. No. Um, but you know, so what will happen though, is that I will, she like, I'll know, okay, she'll be home about three 30 and I'm like, eh, there's and not that she would come home and be like, why isn't all this shit done? But you're like, I know that I just, it makes me feel better knowing that it's done. But I, I mean, our house could be a friggin' shit show. Like, I mean, 
I will just, I'll leave, it's almost like I'll leave stuff on the floor on purpose, like plates and trash, and like it'll just pile up throughout the day, and I'll like look at the clock and be like, I still got two hours, I'm good, I'm good, and then I'll know she gets out at three, and I'm just like, all right, it's go time, you know, so I'm rushing around the house, and I'm like, you know, it's like, I feel like there's some montage that could happen, and you know, background music, and I'm I'm starting laundry while I'm doing dishes, and I'm like... (laughs) you know, mowing the yard and it's January. I don't know. It's, <laughs> <clears throat> but that's a, that's an example that I can think of. I'll put stuff off and I'll just be like, but having that narrow window, I'm like, I'm like motivated all of a sudden. You're so, such a junkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, you, try kind, of like, kind of like my kids where I'm like, I'm at, I'm at work and I'm like texting them. Hey, okay guys, I want the dishes done, the cat box done, the laundry moved along. Okay. Make sure you vacuum. Like, okay, all right, I'll be home in two hours. Okay, all right, I'll be home in an hour. Okay, I'll be home in 30 minutes. I'm getting in the car right now. I want the stuff done. I walk in, and it's just the place just fucking mess. Like, you guys, <laughs> come on. You've yeah. had ample time. <laughs> right, yeah, so it is. It's one of the I, – I, I don't know if they're doing it right, though. They may be – because there's a moment where you're supposed to kick you into high gear, and, mm, and, yeah. and then you deliver, <laughs> deliver at the end. You essentially are trying to make hours take four hours worth of work and put it into like a half an hour window, which makes like you can be like, oh man, I was just all day. Really, I took a half an hour, and I was, you know, I was playing, you know, PS4 the rest of the time. So, (laughs) well, that's a that's a perfect example, and uh, I think a good a good part uh, a good uh, time for us to end it. And we really appreciate it. We're really happy to see you. It's been so long. It feels like forever since we've got to hang out but uh yeah we will eventually again i'm sure hopefully the last show that we all did together was in castine right oh yeah that was at the at the manor inn yep was that march they've closed since yeah we shut her down didn't we (laughs) add that one to the list yes (laughs) another venue yep yeah man i hope there's i hope there's more and um you know, it's uh, I, I think you guys will do well with this for sure. It's 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 needed, especially for, you know, the local area. Well, we appreciate that. And oh. fingers Adam across, Hatch. knock on wood. Yeah. Adam Hatch. Adam Hatch. Thank, thank you very much, Adam. Uh, really right. appreciate you joining us. Uh, stay safe and we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. See you. Yeah. Thanks so much to Adam Hatch for joining us. I'm sure after the pandemic, we'll be seeing him all over the area and hopefully beyond. Such a funny guy. Uh, If you've never seen him perform, be sure to check out those older clips on the web. Really worth it. And check out The Night Show with Danny Cashman, Maine's answer to late night talk shows and a friend to stand up here and beyond. Thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked and Twitter at Comedy Tanked. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Good day. Theme music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast.
All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of Comedy Think Tank's producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening! That sounded awful. Well, just one note. It's it's tanks. Tanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the worst thing I ever heard. (laughs) That lame lame fuck. All right. Well, well, you've already said thanks for listening. We have that. Can you can you just say thanks for listening one time? No.